County is full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Welcome back to Where We Landed. We are excited to be back for this week's episode. I'm Kylie Jackson. In the studio with us today, we have Scott Miller. Hello. Iris Brunner. Hey, yo. And our guest, who we will meet momentarily. But before then, we are going to do some trivia. Now, this is going to be a series. You know, we're coming, coming off the holidays, starting a new year. Let's have a little competition. So we're going to do some Indiana trivia. This is a board game. Uh, my, my grandmother was a sixth grade teacher in, uh, at Marion Community Schools. She retired in like 1993. And we found these games boxed up in her basement uh, a couple <laughs> years ago. And so this game is called Wonder Indiana. Uh, it is Indiana trivia. It was made in 1978. So yeah. I'm not none of these so questions confident. are newer than the mid-70s. Yep, yep. No confidence from this side. <laughs> I am really excited about this. So my, my grandma would never let me win at checkers. And, and uh, I was four or five and I'd be bawling my head off. So I am literally the guy that will run my grandmother over at home plate oh, to gosh. take her out. So she you are ready for super this. Super competitive. Wow. Okay. I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm pretty competitive. Let's get wow. after it. All right. So we're going we're gonna to play this for a few weeks. We'll have a running scoreboard total. So... Uh, tune in every week to see where we stand. I think we'll do three questions a week. Does that work? Perfect. All right. And then uh, Michael, our guest, yeah. you will be playing for the guest position. So okay. you got to pull your weight and I'll do my best and represent the group well. Okay. Now, okay. is it first one in or is it anybody? We all get to answer and whoever's right as as fast as you okay. can. Oh gosh, all right. I'm ready. So even if we all get it right, we don't get a point. It's just the first person to get it first right. person. Okay. All right. First one in. Ready. Ready. <clears throat> We're going to start really, really tough here. <laughs> what tournament excites farmers in November? What tournament? Yep. Farmers. Tractor pull. Nope. Oh. Is it a, a hogs squealing competition? No, but that's, no? Th if there's not one, there should be. You haven't be. seen those, look them up. <laughs> Do you have a guess, Scott? I don't. I was going to say price of soybeans, uh, but I have no <laughs> idea that that's a tournament. Wait, can I make another guess? Sure. Um, what's the, the, uh, the demolition derby? No. Ah. <laughs> it is the state corn shucking contest. Oh, of course. It happens no. every November. Well, yeah. at least until the mid 70s. So I don't know if it still happens. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay, two more. Let's make them, uh, uh, let's do it a little bit easier. What's the Indiana state tree? Sycamore. No. Tulip. Yeah. Whoa, Great work. One point <laughs> nice for <work>. Iris. <laughs> That's impressive. Tulip tree. Huh. Uh, okay. She did preface it and say it was an easy one. <laughs> yeah, <I think> thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. Okay. All right. All right. Next one. Last one. Okay. Uh, name a Hoosier Quaker college that was one of the first co ed colleges in the U.S. It's in Richmond, Indiana. Earlham. Yes. Wow. <laughs> You're giving hints. I know, Scott. and I could not pull it out. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Well done. Iris. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah. On the board. Nicely done. Two to zero. Two for me. All right. We will uh, adjust the scoreboard accordingly. Uh, but for now, we're going to get into today's guest. 
Our guest today is um, a dear friend of downtown Marion, Michael Mathias. Hello. Michael's the owner of Marion Cycle Works, um, a new resident of, uh, of my neighborhood. Yes. The Martin Boots Neighborhood Association. We're happy to be here. Yes. Um, but uh, long time or lifelong Grant County resident. So excited to get into it with you today. Uh, first kind of question that we always start with is just tell us how you got here. Sure. Um, wow. Well, uh, that's a heck of a question for this early in the morning, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but let's get into it. Um, yeah. yeah Start I was, at birth. I, of course, <laughs> yeah. like most people, I was born at Marion General <laughs> yeah. in 1989. Um, so those of you that uh, don't want to do the math this early, I'm 32 years old. Um, I went to Mississippi Wall Community Schools, grew up in Gas City. And when I graduated, uh, graduated high school, I kind of just wanted to get the heck out of this small town and move somewhere and do some things. And I kind of did that and um, essentially just realized how much I loved it here and have made the choice to be kind of planted here and do my thing and enjoy uh, this awesome community in Grant County. Um, and I've been here ever since. So, and I plan on staying here. So what did you do right after high school? What, what was your you know, so how did you get to where you're at today from a business standpoint? And what was your route there after high school? Yeah. Um, you know, in high school, my parents always told me, uh, you can play sports or you can get a job. And so, uh, I got a job uh, cause I was pretty bad at basketball and still am. Uh, <laughs> so I started working and really kind of liked the idea of it. I know that sounds strange, but when you're, when you're in high school and you get a little bit of a paycheck, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you're like, hey, I got some money. Right, yeah. yeah. I have an older sister that went to college and um, kind of seeing the, the stresses of college just decided, maybe that's not for me. Um, and so, yeah, when I graduated, I just started working. Um, and I worked at Sam Goody in the Marion Mall for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite jobs for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I have boxes of DVDs and CDs that are probably close to worthless now, but mm -hmm. you know, but you got them. Um, yes, I got them and lots of memories. And yeah, yeah so, uh, I worked various other odd jobs and, um, you know, painted, uh, houses for a while. Um, and, uh, yeah, basically just kind of started working and say, wanted to save a little bit of money and wanted to travel a little bit. Um, and that was kind of right out of high school. That was sort of my motivation. Um, and just having fun, hanging out with friends. You know, so I, I didn't go to college. I just kind of started working right out of high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, that I feel like that momentum from having to kind of grind all the time really got me to where I'm at now as far as owning my own business and uh, taking on some bigger projects in the community. What year did you start your business? And uh, did you start it from scratch or was it something that you bought from somebody else? Yeah, so uh, my business was started from scratch. Um, I tell people it's about as small and homemade as you can get. Um, so yeah, I essentially, um, the business, uh, you know, started when, uh, I was working at, uh, another locally owned shop here in town and, uh, you know, I worked there for quite a few years and really enjoyed it. And that's where I kind of fell in love with bicycle mechanics. And, um, that kind of pushed me into, uh, where I was to start the business that I have now. So you're sharing a little bit, a little bit with us about your family history. Would you like to share that? Again? Yeah. Yep, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to miss say any names or uh, <laughs> dates because I'm sure that my, my grandma is going to be listening to this and she will <laughs> definitely correct me. So, uh, but yeah, most of my, most of my family, 
Um, almost all of them is originally from Grant County. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I started to learn that and look into a little bit of genealogy, uh, it was really, I know we joked about, I said that earlier, um, that like, I need to get out of here, but yeah. it really kind of made this feel more like home. Um, knowing that like I'm walking down some of the same streets that my grandfather delivered newspapers on, you know, when he was a kid and, uh, walked by some of the factories that my grandparents worked at their entire life. So, uh, you know, that definitely gives me a sense of pride and ownership for my community, um, and makes me <laughs> want to stay here, make it a, a better place. You know? Right. So, and obviously that's our, our theme is, you know, where we landed. Um, you're, you choose to be here. So you said you left for a little bit. Yeah. Where, yeah. where did you go? Um, you know, I didn't leave as far as living anywhere else, but, okay. um, I did do a, a little bit of traveling that kind of opened up my eyes. Um, I was in Scotland for a little while, cool. seeing some friends. Um, and, uh, you know, I ended up, uh, ended up going to South America for a while as well. Um, and those are really, you know, being in right out of high school, maybe early twenties, um, and have never been out of the country. That was quite an eye opening experience Bet. for me. And I think a lot of it wasn't, I didn't have those eye opening experiences until I came back and I saw this town that I'd been living in my entire life kind of for the first time. And I think that had a big in- impact on me as far as, um, saying, you know, this isn't that bad. And there's like, it's kind of nice to have places to park your car, um, <laughs> and be able to walk places and, um, you know, being in towns where you maybe have one traffic light to go through. So, um, yeah, th- that really, you know, uh, traveling to a few of those places and experiencing a few different cultures, um, yeah, that was really eye-opening for me at a young age. So you're married to Megan, yes. uh, who uh, at the present time works at the Community Foundation as we're recording this and, and has worked there for a few years. But how did you guys get to know each other? She's another hometown individual. And yeah. So how did you guys get to know each other and how how'd that uh, marriage come to be? Yeah, Um well, first of all, I should probably say that uh, we should just be having a podcast about her. Mm-hmm. I should mm-hmm. be the one being interviewed, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'd definitely be sweating a little bit more, making sure I answered everything correctly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, as far as how we met, um, I I worked at American Woodmark um, for a, a while, you know, in my early 20s. And great job, by the way. Um, and uh, I would I was working third shift for a while. And Megan, when she was in college, uh, was going into, was working at McDonald's and I would go in there early, early, uh, when I get off of my third shift and get breakfast and, um, she was working in there and I just always thought she was really charming and pretty and seemed intelligent. And, um, yeah, I just definitely, definitely flirted with her for sure. You know, (laughs) so, um, fast forward a little bit, we kind of, we had some mutual friends, became friends on Facebook and, um, I had eventually, uh, kind of just thrown out there if she wanted to go to a concert with me. So um, she said, sure. And I said, hey, since we're just Facebook friends, let's go grab a drink first before I just like throw you in my car and drive you to Indianapolis. <laughs> so um, so we went and got a drink. So that was kind of our our official first date. But um, the, we like to say the concert was the first date. So um, who was the concert? Uh, it was a band called Beach House, which is still one of our favorites. So I never thought I'd be in that really? relationship where it's like, oh, this is our song. This is our band. But yeah, Beach House for sure. 
one. What's your hey. favorite group again, Kylie? I, I can never remember this, and I know they're great. I love that we find reasons to bring mm -hmm. them up in almost every episode. <laughs> but it, it's the Avid Brothers. Oh, yeah. Right. Yep, yeah. They're great. <laughs> yeah, they're fantastic. So I just can never remember the name, but that is, so I'm, I'm here to help market them. Oh, so. boy. We should start oh, asking boy. you just yeah. the same question. Yeah, yeah. over and over. Yeah. It's part of age. You just yeah. want, want you to start forgetting things yeah. all the time. So you just blame it on age. Who's your favorite band, Scott? Uh, I'm a huge Tim McGraw fan. Oh. So I don't know if that's a band. Actually, I think he does have a band, but it's Tim McGraw's. That was actually my very first concert. Was it really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't Tim take McGraw. the girl. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, yep. That's a sad one. I'll yeah, cry at that yeah, one every, every time. time yeah. Every time. <laughs> well, he's got the new show starting next weekend, yes. 1883. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So By the time this airs, it will have already already aired. Give wow. us your give us your take. I think it's going to be fantastic. Huge Yellowstone <laughs> fan, so I can't wait. Yeah, Yellowstone is so good. But we digress. Back to Michael. No, yeah, sure. Yeah, please. Yeah. Tim McGraw. I welcome Tim McGraw. Do you watch? Do you watch Yellowstone? I do not. No. Okay. <laughs> what right. shows are you watching? Hmm. Um. I, I don't know if you guys have seen the ex, like explained shows on Netflix, yes, but I've been really so into those mm -hmm. and I just can't quite put them down. Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's so much information in those. And uh, yeah, I've been really into those lately. Well, they're good because they're short, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. They're short. Yep. Like, um, I mean, if you don't have time to sit down and watch an entire show for a whole hour, they're I used good to they're watch short. a lot of Ted talks and it was the mm -hmm. same way. They were quick and straight to the point. And yeah. Um, also, we're huge, huge Seinfeld fans. Uh -huh. I was going to so, say, like, the last couple of times I've walked into your shop, like, Seinfeld's yes, been Seinfeld's on. playing, yeah, for sure. I love, I absolutely love that show. I love uh, I, I love Larry David, and mm -hmm. uh, I love that kind of dry um, humor where it's all just forms of misunderstanding, yeah. and, you know. So, yeah, That's I'd good. say those are... Um, those right now are kind of uh, heavy rotation, you know, always playing a little bit. And there's, I really like watching um, shows on historical uh, happenings or um, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like a, a military history guy, but I do appreciate shows on like um, military technology mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff, you know, nerding out on it. So Yeah. Paige is on a World War II kick right now. Oh, so yeah, like everything yeah, he's consuming is World War II. Yeah, and so, there's just so much yeah. information to take yes. in, right? Yes, And it's, so it's interesting much. for me to watch those types of shows. Even like, I'm really into historical architecture as well. So watching yeah. shows like that, that you know, I'm not anywhere near an expert on. That's why I'm watching mm. them on Netflix, right? Yeah. Uh, and just kind of have trying to form this new understanding of where we're at now based on where we were then. That's really so cool. Let's go back to your gas city days. Yeah. Um, so Mississippi. I'm really trying High to put School. all that behind me. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some fantastic educators though in, oh, yeah. in Gas City. And and so I'm curious, favorite subject in high school mm -hmm. and why? Ooh. Maybe it was the teacher that, yeah. that yeah. made it that way. Mm -hmm. or? I would say if I had if just the first thing that comes to mind, um art classes, I just always felt like I got some really great art teachers. Um, and just a disclaimer, my dad is an art teacher, so I don't want ah. anyone out there saying, well, his dad's an art teacher, but, yeah. and not at Mrs. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, not I your always, art teacher, not my, well, in a way, yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed art class. I just felt like I had a real sense of freedom with it. Um, I, you know, I had shop class for a very short time and I felt that same sense of freedom to kind of, um, I don't know, learn, learn through the freedom of exploration mm -hmm. in classes where it's not really like I'm being told what to do, but I was more given some options and then I could learn through those projects. Yeah. Um, and I find that I'm still very much that way. So I'd say that was the reason that those classes were my favorites. Um, 
like the experiential learning rather yeah. than the consume exactly yeah text or yeah, yeah. 100 percent. Mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm still that way just like with watching uh, shows on history and stuff i find that it's that way as, as well I, yeah. um it's i just i want to want to take in more as opposed to feeling like there's limitations with education um do you yeah, remember any sure. of your art teachers' names? Yeah. Oh, I knew you were going to do this. And there's <laughs> going to be that one teacher that's like, I had him in third grade and he didn't say my name. Um, yeah. They all, they all listen to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every okay. one of them. Now I'm sweating it out. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, there, I had a teacher, uh, Lloyd Woodard, who was, it was kind of interesting because he was, I believe, a, a shop teacher um, when I went to RJ Basket Middle School. And then he transferred to Mississippi High School when I transferred. So I had him for my entire middle school and high school. And, you know, it's one of those things where we uh, we just formed a, a relationship because um, I had him that long. And, uh, yeah, he was, a, he was a cool teacher. He gave me a lot of freedom to to just try different projects and experiment with different things. And, um, yeah, um, it was great. He was a good good teacher for sure. That's cool. So your business is a bike shop. And yeah. I don't know if that's the proper term for a bicycle shop absolutely bike shop. bike shop is the easiest rolls off the tongue well um <laughs> until you are talking to like the motorcycle crowd there's right. just huge disconnect there um <laughs> but then you find out that there is kind of a connection uh but yeah you know bicycle shop is usually what i say just to be very clear right um right. Uh, so uh yeah it's uh just i think i told you earlier that like yeah i used to paint houses for a living when i was younger it's like people think oh you were a painter that's amazing your dad's an art teacher you're a painter right mm-hmm like watercolor or it's like, no, no, I'd like painted with like latex paint. Right. <laughs> Rollers. And Rollers. Stuff, you know. <laughs> painted houses. Yeah. So what's the That's biggest good. challenge right now in the, it, with a bicycle shop? Um, what are the things that you're dealing with and how are you dealing with those challenges? Yeah, that's an easy one. I'd say the biggest challenge right now, um, currently with locally owned small bike shops is just getting inventory is huge. Um, you know, business is really good. When people ask, Hey, how's business? I tell them it's really good because it is. However, like, you know, we took a real hit this year from what we could have done, uh, just because people will come in, Hey, I'd like to buy a bike. And you know that I'm thinking, well, this, this bike will, is going to help pay the bills, you know, Mm -hmm. and you call to order it. And the company says, well, we can't let you order that for a year. So, and I know that's not exclusive to the bicycle industry. You go in to get a washer and dryer, new TV, whatever. Same thing. Same thing. So Mm -hmm. I'd say that has been the biggest kind of uh, hurdle this past year, maybe past year and a half. Um, But hey, the lights are still on. And like, like I said, business is good. People are coming in doing, we're doing a lot more repair, restoration, bigger projects. Um, So that's kind of how we're surviving now. And that's really honestly how my business, it was set up to survive was through repairs. Cause that's, that's really how most shops are doing now. So, and I, I have to imagine that you have a lot of like repeat customers too. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have like a pretty loyal base and you know, what would you say someone that cycles a lot, if I'm using the correct term, mm, absolutely. Um, um, like on average, how many bikes do they own? Cause they own oh, more wow. than one. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, just, just like I was giving you the analogy with, with shoes, mm-hmm. I tell people like bikes are like shoes. You have a pair for every occasion. Yeah. And so, um, I would say that, man, the number of bikes, if I had to average it out, I'd say for most riders, um, probably one to one to three is really common. Okay. I'd okay. say, you know, a lot of those bikes are maybe a bike they had before they bought their upgrade. Okay. Um, and then I'd say maybe like a third of my customers are the cyclists where they feel like they need to have that bike for every occasion because they ride a lot. So they want it to suit their needs. Um, so either they have 
maybe an, an older outdated mountain bike. That's their winter commuter. Maybe they have a nicer road bike. Maybe they have a cruiser, you know, maybe they have a gravel bike or a mountain bike, you know, for the weekends. Okay. So I don't know much about bikes. I have like all of those follow-up questions. <laughs> so what is the difference in each of those bikes? Is it the wheel? Is it the, uh, come on, yeah, I don't know. It could be, it's no, it, it's definitely, uh, you know, probably one of the most noticeable things okay. that people see, maybe the untrained eye would see right away is the, the tire size or the wheel size. Okay. Um, and then of course, because you may have larger, smaller tires, the tire clearance is really key there. Okay. Because if you don't have the clearance for bigger tires, you can't put bigger tires on it. Um, and then also we have uh, handlebar type. So, and then that correlates with bicycle geometry for the frame. So based on how the geometry is, that's gonna change your handling over different terrain. So if you have that longer wheelbase, like on a cruiser, it's gonna be more comfortable at slower speeds, more stable. Um, if you have a, a racing bike or a road bike, it's gonna be much tighter. Um, it's gonna feel a lot more snappy when you're going faster and have a little bit better control. So, I mean, and then, gosh, you get into like mountain biking and there's so many sub genres of bikes now, there's not just three anymore. So, I mean, even within the road bike um, genre, you know, there's like, I could tell you 10 or 12 different types of bikes suited for very specific needs, whether it be touring, uh, light commuting, urban riding, uh, track riding, gravel riding, you know. Um, and so manufacturers now are just kind of blurring all those lines to so that you can just find the perfect bike for customers yeah. if they're available. That's you know? awesome. <laughs> if people wanted to support your business or be a part of it here locally, I, I was thinking as Iris was asking some of these questions, you know, a bicycle is such a part of our culture today. Everybody goes back to, it's like learning to ride a bicycle. Yeah. I mean, it's that much a part of our culture that we actually use that term. And so how could people find you? You know, where do they find you online? Where do they find you physically? And then, you know, whether it's somebody who's getting their very first bicycle as a five, six, seven year old, or somebody who's, uh, maybe got grandkids, but wants to ride again with their grandkids. How do we find you in the community and, uh, and help support your business? Yeah. Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I would, I would think that I probably receive most of my, what I feel like help for my business, um, or my business's well-being, um, just through coming in, honestly, just people coming in the door. So, and you're located where I'm, I'm located at uh, 207 South Washington, which is, uh, just North of the downtown square awesome. in Marion. and it, I love it. It's a great location. Um, but yeah, just coming in the door is great. Like building relationships with customers. Um, you know, I'm, I try to be very like, I don't like that feeling of being attacked when you go into a place to maybe just look hey, around, hey, you know, you want to buy a bike? Yeah, exactly. Hey, like, hey, hey. I, um, you know, I don't make commission, you know, yeah. like I'm there for the long haul. I, yeah. I would much like rather sell hire Iris. So she, she, yeah, if you have a resume on you, that'd be great. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> Here it so, is. <laughs> yeah. I think just, just people coming in the door, getting people in there mm -hmm. and getting them comfortable so that when they do have maybe a very small, uh, need, whether it be changing a tube or just airing tires up, looping chains, um, they feel comfortable coming in. And I'm looking for those long-term customers. Like I think any small business would tell you that they want the long-term customers that, that trust them um, and they're much appreciated and um, you know, they know them on a personal level. Mm -hmm. um, and I honestly think that's why I get a lot of my repeat customers, like you're asking, um, just because they come in and they know that when they see me, they're going to see the guy that worked on their bike last time and remembers how it was set up and what air pressure they ran and everything else. And, and for me, that's what's, I think a lot of small businesses, that's kind of what puts us um, 
on the same, uh, I hate to say competition level. That sounds almost too businessy to me, um, but kind of really keeps us relevant um, is just customer service. That's everything, you know? I can't, there's no way I can be the size of Walmart. Right. Like there's no way I can have one of everything in stock, right. but you know, um, I can at least try to like work with customers and I get a lot of out of town business that way. Um, which, you know, I'm really appreciative of when I find out people drove more than 10 minutes to get to the shop. I'm like, wow, you really did. Like, this is so awesome. You know, it's such a good feeling that people appreciate your business as much as you love it. You know? Yeah. Today's episode of Where We Landed is brought to you by the United Way of Grant County. The United Way's mission is to build stronger families. We believe that sharing inspirational stories helps strengthen the fabric of our community. To get involved, contact the United Way at 765-662-9811. Hey, Michael, can you um, kind of follow up to both of those? Um, just give us kind of a quick rundown of bicycle culture in yeah. Marion and Grant County, oh. maybe, maybe how it's changing, what you see for the future. Yeah. That could be a whole nother podcast, Good. you know, oh. recycling culture. Um, so yeah, cycling culture for our community here in Grant County. Um, of course I would, I would say that my opinion on this matter is pretty relevant since I've always been into cycling and I've lived here my whole life. So, um, the authority, the authority. Yes. <laughs> um, so I would say that cycling culture in America is very interesting because, um, you know, as a, as a culture, as a country, um, we're, there's still places where bicycles aren't really taken seriously. Um, and I still want them to be looked at as like a fun thing, but there's so many other pathways for cycling. People ride for different reasons. So that's just to kind of preface your question. I would say that we're still in that spot where people come in and they, they're shocked that anyone would spend over a thousand dollars on a bicycle. Mm -hmm. That's just wild, right? Who would do that? Um, or that, you know, you ride your bike to work and people will just look at you like you have totally gone off the rails. Um, so in you know, other parts of the world, that's, uh, the bicycle isn't really looked at as like a children's toy. It's looked at as like an extremely powerful, liberating tool for humans. That's, um, self-powered, um, you know, you get like a hundred miles to the burrito. It's great for the planet. It's great for your roads. Um, it's, it's makes you, it, you don't have to pay for a gym membership. Like I can go on and on about all the reasons. So, um, I would say that that is changing. I'm seeing that change in our County. I'm seeing more people, uh, view the bicycle, um, with all these limitless possibilities versus viewing it as like, you know, a jump rope or something like that. So, uh, I, but yeah, I would say as far as like kind of where we're at, I think we're making a lot of progress. And I think a lot of that as much as like bike lanes and pedestrian infrastructure is such a hot topic and as passionate as I am about it. And I feel like there's a need for it. I feel like before we have any of that, we really have to change people's mindsets and their perception of the bicycle, uh, as well as, as just, um, you know, walking and, uh, and cities being a little more, bit more pedestrian friendly, um, you know, looking at the data that I've seen, I feel like a lot of those, when you really encourage um, more walkable cities, um, easier ways to ride your bike to work versus taking a car, uh, especially when you live a couple miles from work, you know, um, I feel like that really starts to open cities up, especially the, the smaller Midwest towns that I've, that I've been through. And I, I go through and I'm like, well, they have a bike lane now, or they just have a sign telling people that, Hey, you might see someone walking. You might see someone on rollerblades, or you might see them on a bicycle. Um, it really helps to change that mindset. And I'm a big believer in once you change the mindset, the rest will just follow. You know, when everybody's on board, everything will just kind of come together and happen. So awesome. I feel good about the future. 
Uh, we still have a lot, a lot of work to do, obviously, uh, but we're getting there, you know? Sweet. I'd like to ask favorite three. If you had three favorite movies of all time, and some of them might be biking movies. Okay. Um, you know, we're coming into the holiday season. So it's a time where people might be around the house a little bit more. Yeah. Any movies that you'd recommend? Now, are these like Christmas time holiday movies or Could just be any, anything any movie that, that I would just any enjoy movie that you'd recommend? Watching. Wow. Well, I really, I really like movies. So this is a tough one. I would say if I had to just pick some that really just warm my heart by just thinking about them. Um, Iron Giant was always a big one for me. <laughs> it's it's animated for <laughs> those of you who that. haven't. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, I it's highly recommend so watching good. it. Yeah. It's one of the, I spent most of my life reflecting on the Iron Giant and I feel like <laughs> it really gets me because it's an You've animated an life. kids <laughs> movie. Oh, you just wait, Scott. <laughs> it's an animated kids movie that has so much silence in it. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. there's not a lot of you know folly or, um, sound effects it's it's very serious There's is this some, an old movie or is it i believe yeah. it's early 90s is when it came out okay so it's still you know I'm not, I'm hand animated and uh yeah the animation's great by itself but the storyline's awesome as well uh, i think it's something we can all i literally am taking notes <laughs> we can all appreciate <laughs> he's I got a he's I, got a toddler sorry, now I do. So. <laughs> was that one of three did you want three movies I, yeah. I oh boy three. okay yeah. so we're on iron giant iron giant was great uh very good there's another 90s movie uh, called Angus that I really, really liked. Um, it deals with a kid that's just bullied in high school and kind of his struggle of getting through that. Is that and animated too? It is not animated, no. Okay. no. Um, oh. Although if anyone's listening, I'd love to see an animated version of that. <laughs> the soundtrack was great as well. Um, but yeah, it's, I, again, something that I think a lot of people can relate to going through high school in a weird time. Yeah. You know, I that's, it's probably not, I'm not going to say it's the greatest movie I've ever seen, but you know, just like when you view any kind of work of art and it kind of strikes a chord with you or you relate to it, usually you end up loving it. So, um, that's one of them. And the third, wow. Third favorite movie. I don't think well, I could come up with the life else. aquatic yeah. is pretty good mm. with uh, Bill Murray. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. That's a, just a lot of really good one-liners, you know, you thought I was going to say Austin Powers, didn't you? Something, uh, which well, I enjoy. What I thought you might say, what was the bike movie that took place Breaking in Breaking Away? Breaking Away. Yeah. Breaking Breaking away. Indiana yeah. Movie. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I figured everyone was yeah. going to assume that I'd say that. Yeah, so I, I did. did. But it is a great, that is a great movie. Yeah. Okay. Yep. No, these are great. I appreciate it. And I have seen none of those three. Oh, great. So All right. We'll have to follow up on it then. To watch Give you a review. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. That's great. I thought you had a follow up to no, your movie no, no, question no, there. No, okay. I didn't. Not yet. Um, well, I, I, I did. I you, actually, oh. go ahead. Uh, so I will follow up to that real quickly because uh -huh. I know you said that you were into podcasts uh, before we started yeah. talking. Were there, are there other podcasts? I know this yeah. is probably your favorite podcast. But actually, it, it, yeah. I, there's a favorite one. It's a woodworking podcast. Um, it's called Where We Sanded. And no, no, I'm totally joking. It's my only joke of the whole podcast. That's a okay. pretty good one, though. I, like, I wrote that when we came in this morning. Oh my gosh, so. I was like, oh, did we, did we find that one? I know we researched. No, I, I actually do love this podcast a lot. And uh, I was excited when Kylie asked me to be on it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really fanboying over here. I just, yeah, it's great. Where We Landed is awesome. Obviously, I feel like it's... Um, like I said, it strikes a chord with me, right? It's I, I think I accounting. heard you're our, our number one follower on Instagram too. Um, you know, uh, I don't want to misquote any data, but yeah, you could you could probably look that up. Sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> if people wanted to get on your Instagram page yeah. to follow you, what would that be? Absolutely. Um, you can you can look me up at Marion Cycle Works, all one word, at Marion Cycle Works on Instagram. Um, I would say as far as the shop goes, that's our most um, active social media. We have a Facebook page as well. There's just a lot of stuff on Instagram that never really makes it to Facebook. Um, and so, yeah, you can follow us on there, add us, message us. Um, you like one of our old photos at three in the morning, whatever you want to, whatever kind of like social media thing you want to do. Um, do a deep life. You can also follow me at, at Michael Matthias. If you, if you want, you're going to just see a lot of photos of my dog and wife and our funny domesticated life. So, and Willie has his own Instagram, right? If we want to, yes. If, uh, if we want more Willie content, yes. Um, our sweet, stinky, scruffy otterhound. <laughs> his name's Willie Nelson, uh, and he, yeah, Willie. I believe it's Willie Nelson dot the dog. I think is his Instagram account. Um, and to answer the question before, because I'm sure you're going to get a lot of letters and emails about this, um, the name Willie Nelson uh, was not from. Uh, there's a movie. Is it my idiot brother? That, there's a movie where I think that's the movie. We'll have to we'll have to look that up. Uh, but where they have a dog named Willie Nelson. Really? Yes. And now, and honestly, we did not know until after the movie. You were really we're not just changing naming his name. after um, Willie Nelson. Yeah. The, yeah. The Willie Nelson, the singer, um, <laughs> was what inspired us. Um, obviously, <laughs> not yeah, we're big Willie Nelson fans. Um, very inspiring. And yeah, I don't know if you you know if you ever meet Willie and you you just run your hands through his scruffy beard and you're just like, man, this Willie Nelson is the perfect name for this guy. <laughs> So mostly Willie is what we'll yell if it's time for him to come in or something. When he's in trouble, we'll say Willie Nelson. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. we'll Can I, uh, I want to kind of go back yeah. when you were talking a little bit about um, the importance of like, you know, bike trails and walking trails and like that connectivity. And I mean, while we know that there are things that are happening here in downtown Marion, what, I mean, from your perspective, is there anything that you see um, like in the short term that we could be continuing to work towards to make that connectivity a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, um, that's my hard pressing question. That's it, a really as, good one. As far, yeah. No, that's a great one. Um, and just to clarify, you mean as far as working towards more pedestrian infrastructure? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with attitude. Um, I think respecting people that have made the choice to already be on the road and not inside a, you know, multi-thousand dollar metal box. Like, um, I'm not against cars. And in, in fact, I really enjoy cars. I like classic cars. Um, you know, um, I like horses too, but I'm not going to ride one to work, you know, like <laughs> there's just, they're cool. Could, I like, I guess I, I enjoy it. You know, I'm a mechanic. Um, but yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of other options out there. So I, I think just the mindset wrapped around when you see someone on the road, um, or maybe you have to wait an extra 10 seconds in your climate control car to go around this bicycle who has every same right to be there in the state of Indiana as anyone else. Um, when that mindset changes, I think that's when we're going to start to see more physical changes. So I think the way that the citizen can change is just, you know, um, just be courteous, be considerate of people that are already out there doing it. If it's raining and you see someone on their bike, like just be considerate of them, like give them a little extra room. Yeah. Um, you know, just, uh, be safe with them, uh, respect them. And, and really, you know, pedestrians should give that back. It's a give and take, mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I think in my, my best guess, that's what I'm trying to do is just be respectful of people that are, that are choosing to do that. Could we use more bike lanes, uh, in town or, or is yeah. our city already 
set up for bike traffic? You know, is there, is there anything that we could do from an infrastructure standpoint? Yes. Um, you know, it's, uh, anytime you start changing infrastructure, there's all kinds of red tape. Um, and you know, a lot of the people that, that are in charge of that red tape, it's, it's not that I don't want to like demonize them and say that like, well, they're, they don't want us to have this. Or it's like, I get that. Like there's people that are just in charge of our budget and like we, we can't afford it. Or they're just in charge of, um, you know, uh, traffic flows in the city. And they're like, well, we can't do this because of trucks or this thing. Um, so, but yeah, I, my opinion would be, yes, we could use more, um, a lot more, um, especially uh, around the bypass um, anytime I've commuted crossing the bypass, trying to go to a business that's on, maybe on the west side because I'm coming from the east side, um, you know, I really feel like I'm putting my life on the line for it, you know. Right. And I've had a lot of close calls, and that's probably not the best thing to say since I'm I sell bicycles for a living, but uh, <laughs> it's not great for business. But it's it's def like there's definitely risk, um, just like there is with driving, you know. I was gonna say when take you get your in a car and you buckle up, you're you know you, the, the risk you're taking, you know. Um, I just feel like a lot of those risks could really um, could really be uh, lessened and taken away by very simple things, um, including signage, um, just symbols on the road, just to remind drivers like, hey, look out for look out for cyclists. Uh, when I'm in other communities that have just a bicycle, uh, you know, that's printed or painted on the road, it reminds me as a driver to, hey, just so you know, there might be someone coming up beside you or, you know, don't cut someone off. Um, you know, I know as when I'm driving my car, I don't want to hit a pedestrian. That's like one of the worst things I can think of, you know? Um, so yes, I would say, you know, to answer your question, yes, I, my opinion would be, yes, we, we need more cycling infrastructure, but you know, things come along with those just like traffic laws, um, traffic flow, um, obviously finances, uh, you know, someone's got to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and also things like city ordinances as well. I mean, we have a lot of really outdated ordinances. Um, and before I go any further on that, I will say that like city council has been great as far as discussing that. And we have sat down and we've, and we've worked on it and I'm hoping to kind of continue talking about updating the ordinances, getting rid of some old ones. Um, I mean, I know as a business owner, like I'm definitely violating some of those. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be fined for an outdated ordinance. Um, and a lot of those are, you know, to protect people and keep people safe, keep pedestrians safe, keep drivers um, safe and hold both parties accountable. So, um, yes, I think along with the infrastructure also goes all the laws and the planning that goes along with it, making sure that everything works correctly, you know. I'm going to shift gears a little bit. And I'm going to follow up with no pun intended. See what you did there. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Iris talked a little bit about, you know, this is uh, going to be a tough question. And this one may be seen as a tough question, but biggest failure that you've had, whether business or personal, mm -hmm. and what did you learn from that experience? And as you're kind of thinking through that, I've always found that I'm always impressed by people's success, but I generally... Mm -hmm learn the most and feel the most um, in common with them when they share their failures. Cause I fail so much. And, uh, and so I don't know if you've got one that you'd be open to share. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a really good question because I try so hard to be positive and um, but yeah, I, I think those failures is more about how you come out of them. Right. I think we could all relate yes. to that. Like yes. none of us are exempt from hard times or failure, personal failures or, you know, anything like that. But yeah, how we, how we take that maybe negative energy and we choose to do good stuff or bad stuff with it. Um, 
man, that's a really, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know. I might have to get back to you on it. I feel like things are really good for me. <laughs> I hate to be that person. No, um, you're fine. I, I feel like I have a lot of things that I'm wanting to accomplish in the future, uh, personally, like personal stuff and business stuff. Um, and sometimes I find myself, instead of viewing those as things that I have not done yet or have not yet accomplished, I view them as failures because I haven't done it yet. And so I struggle with that. Um, you know, I'd say a lot of that, a lot of it's mostly personal projects, things in town. You know, I've been wanting to form like, um, like some smaller, maybe like a nonprofit to help with bicycle, uh, advocacy and, um, working towards infrastructure, working towards safety. You know, that's something that I've really been wanting to work on that I haven't yet. Um, and again, I hate to call it a failure because, um, it's going to happen. It just hasn't happened yet. Um, so maybe we could reframe the question. So yeah. instead of it being a failure, what, what do you think one of the, um, best lessons that you've learned mm, being yeah. a, being an independent business owner, being, you know, you're, you're there by yourself. Do you have staff? Yeah. Do you have I do any not team have staff. members? So it's, it's me. just you. Yeah. So if you can't be there to open the doors, mm -hmm. then you just aren't going to be open today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For so sure. What would be one of those like lessons that you were like, Ooh, that one kind of surprised me. Yeah. I mean, obviously I've had a lot of those. I'd say if we wanted to kind of pinpoint down to just lessons that I've learned since I've been in business for myself, yeah. um, I'd say a lot of it is just, uh, for me, is just going for it. Um, I've really always been kind of a planner, you know, um, I think most of the things that I've done that I felt like were big accomplishments or things that I previously thought I couldn't do. And then I did them and looked back on them, which is such a good feeling. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think a, a lot of those, I, there was never a time that felt right to do them. Mm -hmm. And I think most of my life I've been waiting for, well, you know, when, when I have this much money, I'll do this thing. You know, when it, when it feels right, I'm going to start this other project or I'm going to, you know, when I, when I save up enough money, I'm going to quit my job and start this, you know, whatever it is, um, or I'm going to take that trip I've been wanting to take. Um, a lot of the things that I've, that I feel personal accomplishment for, I've just done them and the time wasn't right. You know, I opened a bike shop in the off season right before a pandemic with no money, really like no business loan. And so mm -hmm. like on paper, that looks horrible. Like nobody would do that. You know, I did it, I guess, but, um, and things just fell into place, but looking back, you know, I could easily say, well, that, that wouldn't work, you know? Well, I think that's definitely something to say. And I mean, maybe Scott, you can, you could probably even share as being a business owner too, is really taking a look at like risk. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I would definitely say personally, like in my personal life, I'm not risky at all at all. Like I am always so envious of people that are like, Oh, I packed up my car and moved to the ocean. And I'm like, <laughs> but where did you sleep? Where yeah. did you work? Where, what did you do with all your stuff? You know, I like ticked down through the list, mm -hmm. but like in business too, I mean, there's definitely a completely different like risk analysis that you have to do, yeah. right? Yep. So thinking about those risky choices, mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like you've been, you know, whether it felt really painful at the time or really scary at the time, you've had oh, some still really painful. great- It's still horrifying. <laughs> like, it, it really is, <laughs> you know. had some really great success with it though. Like I really mm -hmm. am working my dream job. It may not be someone else's, but like yeah. I'm living my dream out. And, um, but yeah, that, that obviously comes with some huge risks and, um, Again, I'm trying to stay positive and every day I just kind of say, okay, this, these are the things I need to get done to better myself and my business. And you do them and you just know tomorrow's going to be a new, new day. Uh, but yeah, it's, it is definitely a risk. You're never off the clock. I'm sure, you know, it's just, you're always working, even if it's just thinking about stuff you need to do. So. 
So I'm sorry. I'm just, I've got all the questions Great. now. You're yeah, just like good. churning them, right? <laughs> um, so then talk to me about like, how do you turn it off? What's your stress relief? Mm. <laughs> He's like, I don't turn it off. This would, I, I'm, I'm assuming most people would not guess that I say this, but riding my bike, yeah. <laughs> right? And so like that goes hand in hand with my job is my passion. Um, like I, I am a rider, you know, it's not like I'm just dealing with bikes and it's a job for me. It's like, I am a bike rider. Um, but yeah, like just being out on my bike, um, it's like very meditative for me. Um, you know, the balance, the, I like, there's some great life lessons, right? Like looking where you want to go, like always moving forward. Um, if you slow down too much, you'll fall over. Um, you know, you, you can't really go backwards, uh, especially if you're going uphill. Um, you know, it's just, you got to keep all your weight centered to keep everything centered. So, uh, yeah, cycling has definitely gotten me through some hardships in my life. Um, if finances were tight or, you know, something was stressful or I was feeling sad about something or bad about myself, I would go out, get on my bike, ride as hard as I could, uh, and come back and I'd be too tired to be sad. Right. Like, uh, have all these endorphins released and I'm just feeling good about life. Um, I'm out there. There's no distractions, no cell phones, no noises. It's just, um, you know, I'm out on a beautiful Grant County country road, enjoying the chip, chip seal and, uh, seeing the occasional deer. And, um, so yeah, honestly, that's how I escape is riding my bike. That's how a bike shop owner escapes from, you know, business. Nice. <laughs> that was nice. a great question. Iris. I, I, uh, I'm going to wrap up with a question. This may be good for all of us. Um, I know some of us really like to travel in this room and, and you've traveled, uh, to some pretty cool places. So favorite trip that you've already been on, and I'll ask this for everybody and then favorite trip that you'd like to go on. And I'm going to ask this because it's my wife's 50th birthday this year and I want to take her somewhere really cool. Oh, the pressure's on. And so, yeah. So if you can come up with some good ideas for me. But, you you know. disclose a lady's age, Scott. She looks 23. Wow. She does. She does. I'll confirm that. She yeah. does. So trip, uh, one of my favorite trips. Wow. I've had some really good ones. Um, Going to South America, going to Ecuador was really cool. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and uh, yeah, and I'd say second was, um, man, we went to Maui recently. I've never been to Hawaii and cool. it was great. And I, I know that like, I'm sure a lot of people have been to Hawaii, right? Like it's definitely a hot vacation spot. Um, but I just felt like I had a better understanding of it geographically. And, um, I was like way off on the climate, you know, I just thought it was going to be this hot tropical all the time. And, um, so yeah, I'd say that, uh, I'd say that probably Ecuador was one of my top trips as far as just like experiencing culture. And I speak hardly any Spanish. So that was like really exciting. You know, when you have to use the bathroom or you want to order a beer, horrible. I should have paid better attention in Spanish. And, um, but yeah, I'd say that was probably one of my top. And then place you want to go. Yes. Ooh, I really want to go to Iceland. I've heard that's amazing. Yep. Iceland. And I also say China. Those, both of those places have really, um, for some reason, just I've always wanted to go. I think because the, the cultures, Iceland seems really beautiful. Um, there's some people doing some cool like hiking and mountain biking there. And um, I just like the fact that it seems really small and close knit. So being from a small close knit community, but yeah, it's a totally different culture uh, is maybe really attractive to me. 
Yeah. I had a chance to go to China a couple of times when I was doing some economic development work and um, it was a good weight loss plan for me. Oh, like yeah, yeah. the food there is a little <laughs> bit um, extreme for a Midwest kid. Yeah. So. Yeah. Preface that. Yeah. 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 I'm a meat and potatoes kid. So that was a little, so I always had to pack snacks just to make sure that I had a, a yeah. <laughs> my wife and I, my wife and I are vegetarian. So I think we, I think we could do it. Yeah. I think we could fit in. I and you, just, you know how it is when you visit another, another culture, you just kind of want, you want to do it. At least I do. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. I yeah. want to be outside of my comfort zone a little bit. Yeah. And that's definitely kind of, I feel like made me grow up is wanting to have that kind of grind, that struggle, either yeah. whether it be traveling, being in a different culture with you don't speak their language um, or opening a small business with, you know, hardly any money, like any of those, mm-hmm. those wild things that you do. Yeah. See a pattern here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's been awesome getting to know you. And um, I, I again want to encourage those who are listening to, to stop by the shop at some point in time and, and uh, check things out uh, at your shop. 207? Yep. 207 South Washington. South Washington Street. One more, one more question. And it's the one that we usually like to ask everybody when they come in to be a part of to be a part of the podcast is um, we call it our shameless plug. So like what's one of your favorite places that if somebody's coming to Grant County for the mm. first time, you really want them to go there and experience it. It could Ooh. be anything. It could be a restaurant. It could be um, a travel location. It could be a festival. We have lots of festivals. Oh, so yeah. something like that. What is like your, your one thing that you just don't. Wow, this may be the toughest question I of know. the whole podcast <laughs> because there's so many places that I love that are close to my heart, especially if people have never been here. I just want to, mm-hmm. you know, go uh, there. Yeah. You yeah. got to check this place out. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to pick one that, that maybe would be kind of the most that I feel like the largest audience would appreciate, um, uh, Payne's restaurant is like one of my mm-hmm. favorites. I used to work there and, uh, the owner is a really good friend of mine. I think that's where I met you and Megan. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I say like yeah. if someone's just never been here and they want to grab a meal, like I told them to go there. And what I could would you list- tell them to order? Oh man. Um, hmm. uh, fish and chips. They're kind of famous for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. And I, man, I almost, that's a great question. Half order. Get the I hate half answering order. that because there's so many good, like <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. just list yeah. off like a hundred places that I, lo- I love yeah. the owner. I love the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I'll always mm-hmm. go in there. Um, but I'd say as far as like the most general place where I'd say like the largest audience would enjoy it, that's probably what yeah. I would pick. It's definitely a little diamond. I had a dream about the Fatouche uh, oh, wow. <laughs> last week. So well, we've got another two hours. Pain. Please go for it. I'd love yeah. to hear it. <laughs> well, no. one state to pains. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, thank you again for being on the, for the show. Thank you and, so much uh, for being here. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been awesome just to learn more about you personally as well as, as your business and what brought you to Grant County. Um, if those listeners who are on w- would like to uh, to help support us, definitely hit like on on uh, however you listen to your your uh, podcasts, and uh, and and we appreciate your support. So uh, until next time, uh, yep. we'll talk to you soon. See you next week. Bye. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas. 